This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Today, you're listening to episode 274, and I'm talking with Emily Durgan. Emily is running with the newly announced distance team in Flagstaff, Dark Sky Distance, which is sponsored by Under Armour. She's running with that team. They just announced their group name recently. And if you have been listening to this podcast for at least a few weeks, you may have heard from Shayla Houlihan, which is one of the coaches for that new team. This is a super exciting time in Emily's life. She packed up and moved to Flagstaff last year and is pursuing her dreams to run at the highest level she possibly can. She's doing it. She's running pro and she has Olympic hopeful dreams. She ran for UConn. And after college, she did run in Boston for a little bit with a New Balance team. Um, It wasn't the pro sponsorship that she has now. It was more of a gear sponsorship. She did that while nannying for a year to kind of decide if she wanted to take this professional running thing seriously and uh, was approached by Stephen Haas, who is her agent and one of the coaches of the Dark Sky Distance running team uh, and now runs for them. So we get to hear all about that process in this interview. Emily was super fun. We also talk a little bit about Selling Sunset. I don't know if anybody's watching that. And some other fun stuff. A great interview and uh, full of happy, positive energy, which is something we could all use right now, right? Listen up, everybody. I have a new sponsor on this podcast that I'm super pumped about. And little known fact here, known to me, not to you, is that I pitched these guys to sponsor my podcast like three years ago. I tried. I tried. And now we're finally doing it. I'm so excited. I've been wearing Gooder sunglasses for years now. And and uh, if you know me, you know that I always have sunglasses on. I'm always wearing them. If I'm not wearing them, they're on top of my head in case of an emergency because you never know when that sun will peek out of the clouds. I'm serious. I wear sunglasses even on rainy days. The cool thing about the Gooder sunglasses is that they are fun, they're fashionable, they are functional, and they are super affordable. My favorite pair actually that I'm wearing right now, they are red and they have a can of PBR on the side of them, which it's a fun story actually back in the day. If anybody has been following my Instagram for a long time now, you will know this is way back in the day (laughs) that I used to only race in my red sunglasses. And these were a pair of red sunglasses I bought at Goodwill. They were Budweiser shades. They have since been broken by one of my children. And so my replacement pair is this pair of Gooder shades that has PBR on the side. Hello, it's perfect because I also have a PBR stop at the Monumental Marathon. Every year at the half marathon around mile nine, you will run by my house and there's a PBR stop. So anyway, it's obvious that one of my favorite pairs of Gooder Shades is this red pair that I have with the PBR can on the side. So if you are in the market for some shades, definitely go check out Gooder. They have free US standard shipping for orders over 50 bucks. 
They have 30-day free returns, one-year warranty, and they won't slip around when you run. They will not move while you run. They will stay in place. So check it out when you go to gooder.com. That's G-O-O-D-R.com slash another. You will automatically get 15% off your entire order. Now, this is for a limited time. Make sure you go to that specific landing page to get the discount. It's gooder.com slash another, and that'll get you 15% off your entire order for a limited time. All right, friends, make sure you check out the other podcasts in the Sandy Boy Podcast Network. I know you hear me say that a lot. Go check them out. You will enjoy it. The Up and Running Podcast with Lauren Floris and Abby Stanley and the Illuminate podcast hosted by myself, Emma Benner, Kristen Swerer, a great lineup of guests and episodes over there about people doing really awesome work in this world. All right, enjoy my conversation with Emily Durgan. Well, today on the podcast, I'm so excited to welcome Emily Durgan to the show. Welcome to the podcast, Emily. Thank you. Excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Okay, so you just mentioned that you are sitting in your Airbnb in LA. Tell everybody what you're doing out there. Yeah, so a little fun vacation and gets getting to have two races in. So we're out here um, with my Under Armour group from Flagstaff, and we're racing two races. Um, part of the Sunset, which is sponsored by Under um, Secret Location, so I can't exactly say where the races are at but we had one of the first uh, meets was last Saturday and the next one will be this Saturday uh so ran a 5k last week to kind of get the body back in race mode and um the 10k will be this week so just fun opportunities to to race and you know get get that feeling again which is which is awesome we weren't expecting anything to really happen so this is this is what we've been kind of training for with the hopes that a race would happen you know, before the end of the year. I love that you guys are in a secret location. Yes. <laughs> How did the 5k go for you last week? Um, you know, I was, I was pretty disappointed, I guess, with the result. Um, but at the same time, you know, really having no expectations going into it, it's kind of hard to say that it was a disappointment because, you know, the whole, the whole point of it was just to kind of get the spikes back on, get those race nerves there and kind of run a hard effort. Um, So, you know, good takeaways and like any race, I think that you learn a lot from races that you really can't get in practice. And, you know, it's been, uh, you know, nearly, I I ran my last race in February um, with my debut in the half marathon. So I hadn't been on the track in 15 months. So mm. it was really just like that, you know, and I, so I'm just proud that I was out there and kind of, you know, fought through it. And the 5k for me is still, still a mentally tough event. So, um, yeah, yeah, it was, you know, the result, the time you means nothing, but being out sure. there and kind of, you know, just competing, that's, that's a win in itself. Yeah. When I was reading up on you, I saw that it kind of sounds like long-term you're kind of in it for the long haul with the distance distance. So I can see how 5k feels like that. Uh, Tell me this though, you guys are doing the 10k this coming weekend Mm -hmm. and this will come out after you've done that race. But um, how are you feeling going into a 10k after, you know, racing a 5k on the track? You're like going to go back the next week and do double the distance. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That's where I have 
more, it's more of my comfort, you know, um, which uh, I'm excited to kind of continue to, to try the 5k and kind of get more comfortable in it. But, you know, right off the bat in the 5k last week, like not, I'm not sure if it's subconscious or just kind of like my, you know, my PR is always, it's not great. So like I go like to the back of, of the line and in the, in the 10k, you know, I, I don't do that. Like I feel more confident kind of being somewhere in the front of the train. And this week I, I know going into it, like, I don't know, I just have a little bit more confidence in it. I'm more comfortable running the pace. So I'm excited for it. Yeah, it, it will be fun. And my training partner, um, Sharon is also running the 10 K. So, and just, just the race, every, all the girls that are in it, we're all right around 32 flat to like 32 30. So I think that we're going to work together and it will be, you know, everyone's just excited to, to be on a track and race and who knows what the time will, will be. Cause you know, it's kind of, it's kind of a weird year, but, uh, I, I just, I think I know personally, I'm just a lot more confident, uh, you know, at that distance right now. Who else yeah. do you know who else is racing the 10 K? Yeah. Yeah. I saw the whole field. So, um, it's Sharon and I from our group, um, and then we got uh, three of the Hanson Brooks um, girls. Um, oh, so uh, Natasha Rogers, would she be in there? Yep. Yep. Natasha is going to come out and run it. And then we have Anne-Marie Blaney, who um, I competed against in college. So we know each other pretty well. And then her other teammate, Olivia Pratt, who we've run against a bunch of times. Uh, and then um, I'm, trying to th- I'm trying to think what else the name is it's a I think there's another like three or four girls oh a Paige Stoner um okay. who runs in the Reebok group so it's yeah it's it's great a lot of um a lot of girls almost in or women I can say kind of right around you know my graduating class which will be a lot of fun because it's just it will be like a you know get us all back together yeah I love yeah. that okay so I want to get into your group with Under Armour mm-hmm. and working with Shayla. I actually interviewed yes. Shayla for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Her episode's mm-hmm. going to come out in a few weeks. So I'm excited to hear more about the decision to go there and everything. But let's give everybody first an intro to Emily and hear a little bit about your story growing up. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, your just introduction to the sport. You're from Maine, right? Yeah, correct. So grew up in in Standish, Maine, and then um, graduated from high school in 2012. I went to a, a private Catholic school called Cheverest. Um, and then, you know, growing up, I was a dancer before I was a runner and loved competitive dancing and did that all through grade school and middle school. And I began running track. We had USATF program in our town. So it was like summer track and field through um, USATF track and field. And yeah, I started that in the fourth grade, Um, of course, with a high jump was my event and like 200 meter, you know. (laughs) uh, Yeah, it's a funny story. I remember like uh, one of the high school girls was my coach at the time. And she just I don't know why, but she was a distance runner. And she just could tell that like, I would be good at the longer distances. And um, my my dad had said that too. And I remember it was a week, uh, because when you're younger, they switch between like the 1500. And then um, I think it might be like a 3k they do for that age. So it's like, yeah, one or the other in the week, it was a 1500. And, and uh, my dad's like, you should, you know, you should enter it, you should run it. I think you'd be really good. And I like started bawling, crying. Oh, God, I can't <laughs> run that far. And 
Um, and then, yeah, my, my coach at the time, the, the high school girl was like, yeah, Emily, you'd be really great. So of course her saying that I'm like, oh yeah. And then I went out and, and won it. So mm. as soon as, as soon as that happened, I just, I loved, I loved it. I loved that I won and it felt great. And then from there on, I, you know, went back and forth between the 1500 and the 3k and uh, yeah, it was, it was running. It was just, it was fun. And, um, it, that's kind of just, and then dance, unfortunately, it was too hard with the running because I was starting to get into point and, um, lyrical and a lot of things that when I started to grow my feet and the muscles used in dance didn't really match with the running. So, um, I kind of had to make that decision at a young age to kind of stop dance, but, for me, it was pretty easy because running was with all of my like uh, friends from school and dance was, it was still all my friends, but it was from like all kinds of different towns. Um, so for me, it's like, oh, I'm going to go to do track because I get to be with my best friends every day after school. Uh, so that's kind of where the switch happened. And then, yeah, I mean, as young as I think I was in seventh grade, we went to the um, junior nationals in Kansas I believe that's where it was yeah uh and that was like my first like national meet in seventh grade and we had like a little team from from Maine so um and I just loved traveling for for races because that's how I got to go to all these different you know states and see different things and and it was with really close friends of mine so it was just that that's kind of how the running took off and kind of at a young age I was I was competing against girls from all over the country, which is pretty cool. Cool to say. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. Do you mm-hmm. still like to dance? Uh, I am not that good of a dancer. Uh, I, I, um, we were actually joking about the other day that I always got points for my facial expressions more than like my, cause it's <laughs> like all these different like categories, you know? So they do like kind of the performance side of it and the facial expressions. And then there's like categories for, skill and my skill was always pretty low score but <laughs> the way I presented myself and my facial expressions were uh, always the highest you know the highest score so um, yeah I don't think I was ever a really good dancer more of I guess uh, more of an entertainer whatever that meant <laughs> that's so. funny I forgot yeah. about facial expressions you know mm-hmm. I did cheerleading all through yeah uh, you know like high school I think I quit my junior year for cross country but um I forgot about like the the the, them always talking about making the facial expressions and doing the oh yeah and like going to competitions and yes it's a huge part it is it it, and I mean it was it was my life you know because you don't just do one class a week you know I was in the studio every single day of the week and um it's it's pretty intense especially when I got older and yeah yeah I I loved it and I I never had you know a bad experience with it, but I definitely wasn't the most talented dancer, uh, in the group. <laughs> Maybe you would be a really good actress since you were so good at yeah. the facial expressions. Hey, maybe I went to, I went to school for, um, uh, like sports, uh, journalism oh, good. and that's what my, my degree is in. So, um, yeah, I like talking and kind of interviewing people, kind of doing what you do. This yeah. Is you're going to be a I podcaster. Right. That's, this is it. This is the future. Everyone loves this. So I do have that in my notes that you were a communications journalism major. Yeah. And yeah. I was going to ask you about that. I was like, oh, this is probably really fun for you then. 
Yeah, yeah, this this is. This is exactly kind of, you know, what I envisioned myself doing. Um, so, but, you know, with the communication side of it, I, you know, I took a lot of classes with PR and public relations, and I was interested in that as well. And it's really cool because now um, journalism in, at least at UConn, it's completely changed from, you know, you still have to learn all like the print side of things, but they do a lot now with, um, you know, like social media and online journalism, and uh, they're really changing with the time. So it's super cool that, you know, that's kind of what you're learning now is kind of how to, you know, I just remember a lot of my classes where we'd have to go to soccer games or football games Mm. and sit and like live tweet. Um, And, you know, that I just think that that was a really cool thing that I learned while I was there. Yeah. I mean, I graduated college in 2006. So none of that was a thing. You know what I Mm -hmm. mean? Like I, when I graduated college, we were a year into Facebook. So like Twitter wasn't a thing. Instagram Instagram wasn't a thing. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. wild and podcasting definitely wasn't a thing. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's just crazy. The careers that have been created since, since then. And that's so cool that you experienced that you got to learn about that. I mean, I can, I know I get reached out to sometimes from like local elementary schools. They're like, can you come talk to my class about podcasting? And I'm like, man, that's so cool. That wasn't a thing 10 years ago. Okay. Last dance question before we move on to, um, post-college. Did you used to watch, and if it's still on, do you still watch So You Think You Can Dance? Oh, yes. I'm, yes, I do. I do. That and Dancing with the Stars is coming out. And um, so I'm more, yeah, So You Think You Can Dance is great. Um, America's Got Talent is kind of what I'm on right now because they came back and they're doing now um, the live auditions again, like the quarterfinals. I think they're still on. Um, but I always love So You Think You Can Dance. But Dancing with the Stars was always and is still um, a favorite of mine. Yes. So that, that's starting soon. Okay. Who's some, who are, who's your favorite dancing with the stars couples? Well, so Caitlin Bristow, who was on the, um, <laughs> Bachelorette, yeah. uh-huh. uh, she actually has a podcast that uh-huh. I like to listen to. Um, it's like off the yeah, vine she, or something. Uh-huh. Yes. She's super. I mean, I like listening to her and I follow her on everything and I have since you know, I think she came on next season years ago, but yeah, so I, I'm excited for her. Um, but yeah, so that, that's, I guess that's the only person that comes straight to my head that I'm Cause she also was a dancer all growing up. So I think that she'll, she'll be, be really good. Really good. Yeah. Did Hannah, <laughs> yeah. did Hannah yeah. Brown, did she win dancing with the stars? Mm, yeah, that was last season. Okay. And they so, won. Um, yeah, yes. Yeah. And she, I, I mean, she must've also had some type of dance background with her pageants and all that. So, um, uh, yeah, I'm a big, big fan of the back. I follow all those. Oh yeah. Those gals and guys. So they're always fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> me too. I love it. I'm, I watch every season for sure. So let's talk about you know, you graduate college and then you have this decision to make, like, am I going to go pro? I read that you were kind of the person that when you want to do something, like you're going to go all in. And so it's like, if I'm going to, am I good enough? Am I going to do it? Am I going to go all in with it? Right. Or am I going to do something else? So talk about that decision process. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I've always been someone that I kind of give myself like this timeline and, um, you know, sometimes that is tough because you can't, 
always have a timeline for life. Things change. You know, when I was 16, I probably told myself that I was going to be married at 22. You know, you just like things change. Uh It's not, (laughs) you, you think one thing when you're young and it changes, but I've always, you know, kind of set these goals, uh, for myself, you know, realistic goals. And, um, yeah, even with competing and life, I always kind of have like an A and a B type goal. So, you know, there's that reach goal and then there's your like kind of realistic, um, goal and graduating from college. Um, I, I was coached by JJ Clark, um, my final couple years at UConn and he had coached some pros, um, Chanel Price, Phoebe Wright, um, so yeah, he, you know, on, then obviously his entire <laughs> Clark family as well. So he was the one that was really encouraging me to continue in the sport. And, um, he wasn't in a place, you know, to dive too much into like the professional, um, coaching again, as much as he wanted to. So kind of left it up to me to kind of make that decision if I wanted to or not. And, um, you know, I'm really thankful for certain groups in the country. So Hanson's uh, was a group that reached out to me and um, what wanted me to continue running and kind of like said there was a place for me there. And, um, you know, it was just being so far from home. I thought about it, but I wasn't quite ready to make that move yet. Um, so I uh, had no D'Agostino because I was best friends with her little sister Lily we had actually lived together all five years of college so she's still one of my great friends and I knew that she was living and training in Boston with Mark Coogan and they were you know um, in the process of kind of building a group there and uh, obviously very top elite runners and um, but for me you know I I thought to myself like if, if I'm gonna do this like I want to be running with the best of the best. And and these girls are, are, you know, right in Boston, like what a great opportunity. And coach Clark has agreed. And he knew Mark through coaching and um, Liz Costello was in the group at the time and he had previously coached her. So basically I went on my computer and wrote myself up a cover letter and resume, um, you know, with my, my running and just, you know, life experiences and everything and why I thought that I belonged in this group essentially. Um, and I, I drove to Mark Coogan's house and sat at his kitchen table and basically sold myself to, <laughs> to him. Like, uh, I don't know if he even really knew much about me other than, you know, maybe we overlapped when he was at Dartmouth at regionals. He saw me run and, um, you know, in, in college, I, I, I had, you know, some, some great races and my times were, were okay, but I wasn't someone that was, recruited out of college um so yeah and it was kind of just word of mouth I think that he had heard from a few different collegiate coaches that that they just you know thought that I'd be someone that was going to develop over time and really um you know basically under trained in college like Mm. I just didn't we didn't train hard not well we trained hard but it was just low mileage I guess you know it was like a very yeah so how do you feel um, about that now though like when you think about being low mileage under train like do you think I missed opportunities or do you think wow I'm like my body is rested and like ready to just get after it now yeah I'm like super thankful for the way that coach Clark kind of did my training and um 
looking back at it, it's kind of funny because now there's, I, I, but the thing is, it's, it's been like a very long process because I couldn't just go from 45 to like nine miles, you know, like I've had to work my way up and I'm still, I'm still hovering right around, um, like 80 to 85, um, which is still, you know, I don't really know what the, if that's relatively low or not. Every everything's different now, but it's just been like this slow process of slowly building it up, and, and I'm and I'm thankful for that because, yeah, I definitely wasn't burnt out at all. Like I was still like super excited to run leaving college, and I knew that there was so much more to come. And um, yeah, and I think Mark loved that too because I was like I ran 45 miles a week, like you know, and. Um, so he basically was like, let me talk to my, my boss and see what we can do. And um, yeah, so got me a spot with the group. So basically that was kind of, kind of great. So no, no agent or anything like that. Um, you know, full disclosure, I wasn't making like a salary. I had a gear sponsor and um, coaching, massage, you know, gym. So it was a great, it was great. It was great. Um, but living in Boston, you know, my rent was over a thousand a month. I had, I had to work. So, um, a lot of the girls like that were kind of in my same position were nannying. Um, so that I had found a nanny job and that's what I was doing, uh, while living in in Boston. And basically, um, in my head, not said it, but in my head, I was like, okay, this is my year to kind of see what this is like. Let's see what this professional lifestyle is like, can I, can I do it? You know, am I, you know, I mean, I knew I was good enough to, to run with these girls, but am I going to like it? You mm-hmm. know, um, is this a life that, that I want? And sure enough, it was, it was just awesome. And I, I lowered my 10 K time from, I don't, I have to think what I ran in college. I was, what was I, I 33, 40, 10 K runner. And then my first 10 K under Mark, I was already sub 33, like 32 fifties. So yeah, just with within a few months, I was, you know, making these minute PRs. um, And yeah, and was just like loving it and and competing with, with some of the best and went on to us cross championships that year would have been 2018. And, um, I believe I finished fifth or sixth, and, you know, was competing, with yeah these girls that I had looked up to and you know it was just like and and I actually felt like I belonged there so that's kind of where the shift started and I you know believed that this was working and um this is something that that I really really wanted wanted to do and put everything into and um so yeah after my first year is when I ended up signing with Total Sports. Okay. Um, yeah. So I had known, you know, I hadn't really known much about agents and how it all worked. Um, obviously, because, you know, they weren't really approaching me in college. <laughs> so, uh, my, my teammates in uh, New Balance kind of talked to me, talked to me about the process and uh-huh. um, how everything kind of worked and like the professional running side of things. But, you know, for me, I, I didn't want to, signed with an agent until I knew that this was something that I was going to kind of do long term. Um, so yeah, after after running a few good races, I, I had some success on the roads as well that summer. Um, I didn't run great 
in my first U.S. championships, I qualified in the 10K and just didn't run super warm, but then came back and, and ran um, like some of the summer series on the roads, Beach Beak and Falmouth, and um, and then went on to run like, the fights in the fall. I've had like a, a clump of really good road races. So um, that's when Stephen Haas of Total Sports reached out to me and basically, you know, asked, hey, are you, would you like to be represented by, you know, somebody and are you looking to continue in the sport? And that's kind of where my mind had been like, yes, like I, I'm not ready to, to stop. I want to go through with this and kind of feel it out long term. So, um, yeah, so that's how, how my first year pro went. Yeah, I think it's, I think these groups like the New Bounds group that you're part of in Boston are so important for mm-hmm. people like you because it does give you that opportunity to say like, am I ready to go all in with this? However, it's, it's also probably hard to really know because you're, if you're working full time, like nannying, you have this like mm-hmm. other taxing job on top of trying to train professionally. So now I'm assuming you're not doing an extra job like that, maybe a part-time job, but not an extra big job like that. So what's, what does that difference feel like? Yeah. So, um, I know it's, it's pretty crazy because if you kind of talk and see all the different, um, you know, top runners in the U.S., a, a lot of a lot of them have to work at least part time, um, yeah. you know, to kind of sustain the the lifestyle. Um, so I'm really, really grateful that where I'm at right now, I, I don't work. Um, this is my full time job. And I'm, you know, on on a contract that allows me to focus completely on the running um, and kind of my body and my mind um, and not having to work a second job or a few side jobs. Um, So that, that was huge. Um, I think it was good for me my first year to have the nannying and the balance of everything, especially when you come from college. Uh, It's a huge transition going from college where practices are super structured, Mm -hmm. you know, you're waking Mm -hmm. up, you're doing your, your meeting for your first run, you're, coming back and then you go to classes all day and then you meet for your second run and like meals are already like kind of they're already like set for you um whereas the professional life is just completely different uh like actually when my boyfriend Preston was just leaving to go back to Arizona he like made a joke that he's like you're the laziest people group of people I know but like He didn't mean it in a bad way. Sure. But it's almost like you have to like be okay with with that. And like, um, I'm not speaking for everyone because I know like even myself, like I have to have do certain things throughout the day while I take my rest. And, um, you know, recovering and rest is a huge part of a, being a professional runner. So we have to take that seriously. But um, I think that if I would have gone from my college lifestyle to 100% the you know, quote unquote, professional lifestyle, it would have been uh, a little difficult for me. So having that almost like a transition with working and running, I think, has helped me structure my day now. Um, Yeah, because I still kind of keep my same schedule that I would have when I was nannying. What do you like to do in your downtime? Because yeah, you you, like you said, you are recovering a lot, you probably take naps, but like, there is a lot of time where you probably have like, I can wa- like I can watch Dancing with the Stars. I can read books. Right. What do you like to do? Yeah. Well, it's also really great. Um, you know, big move for me in twenty, uh, being of twenty nineteen to Arizona. This is my first time being uh, away from family and friends. Um, 
you know, but I'm also on a different time zone. So it actually works out. So I get to stay in touch with a lot of friends and family. So I always tell my friends, like, call me on your way home from work because uh-huh. that's like right now, uh-huh. um, you know, it's four o'clock back home and it's one here. So this is like would be my downtime. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's so that's awesome. So I like actually have probably kept in touch with friends more now that I'm away because just phone calls and yeah. uh, FaceTime. So that's really what I do. I take that my, my downtime to kind of catch up with with friends and family. Um which is great. And then this past year, I, um, not, not yet certified or anything, but I was working with a call, a girl that goes to NAU, um, as pageants. Um, and I was helping her just stay fit. Uh, Oh, cool. Pretty much just, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, really more, I mean, mind and body. So we were meeting an hour a week to essentially work out together, but we would talk the whole time. And, uh, yeah. And I actually re- really loved it. She reached out to me just via social media. Cause I, she, she, something popped up and, uh, she like saw me and then I lived in Flagstaff and she basically said, she's like, Hey, I don't know if you're into, you know, doing training, but you know, you look like someone that I'd love to <laughs> get to know. And yeah, so I was like, well, new career option. Um, and new friends. And, yeah. And, wow. And, and a new friend. So, you know, that was something we were meeting, uh, yeah, three times a week for wow. an hour. Yeah. And, and I don't know. And I, I really liked it. And I wrote up, a a program for her and, and, you know, she really also wanted to know just like really simple to me, simple things, but about like fueling, like what to eat, like kind of just like, you know, for a, for me and a runner, it's kind of just like everyday things. It's just like engraved into our mind. Mm-hmm. But someone that, you know, she isn't really an athlete, just wa- wants to be healthy and kind of live a healthy lifestyle and, and, and do things right, um, didn't know any of these things. So she just was, you know, wanted to know, like, kind of what I did on a daily basis. And unfortunately, with the pandemic, we haven't been able to meet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of the hardest thing right now is meeting in person. But that was Yeah, yeah. So wow. that was one of my other things to talk about. But it was fun. It was great. It was awesome. All right, friends, I'm going to take a minute and thank a sponsor who helps make this show possible. And that is Prevenex. I am so proud to have Prevenex on board as a sponsor of this podcast. I have been using their products for quite a while now, and I can tell you that I am a believer. Okay, the Nurify Plus Vegan Protein Shake is something that we use every single day in this house. It has 20 grams of vegan protein. And one thing I really love about the Nurify Plus is it has vitamins and minerals in it as well that not all protein powders have. It is gluten-free, soy-free, and dairy-free. All right, so... I make smoothies with those with my boys all the time. And I also just shake it up with water and take it on the go for myself. One more product I want to tell you about. You've probably heard me mention it on my Insta stories here on this podcast, but it's the Joint Health Plus. This supports joint comfort and flexibility. Not only will it give you joint relief, but it also is clinically proven to protect your joints. Here is a testimony from someone who used the code another. Thank you for using the code. Loved the way the Joint Health Plus made me feel. I was feeling sluggish and sore for months. After taking this every day for a few weeks, I started to feel great. 
less stiff on my morning runs and faster recovery with my workouts. I will definitely be using this product for a long time. That's amazing. Seriously, that's amazing. And you all can save 15% off any of their products when you go to Prevenex.com and use the code ANOTHER at checkout. That's Prevenex.com. Use the code ANOTHER at checkout. All right, friends, if you are listening to this podcast every week and enjoying it and you haven't left a rating and review yet, would you consider doing that on whatever podcast app you listen to? Um, That's super helpful if people are browsing around for podcasts and they look at my podcast and they see a lot of reviews or they see reviews that are positive and encouraging for them to listen to it, they're going to be more likely to listen. So that would be just so helpful if you would consider doing that. I read them every single day. So I never miss when a new review pops up. And if you aren't subscribed to the show yet, make sure you do that because every once in a while, like last Thursday, for instance, I drop bonus episodes that pop up. So if you're subscribed, you won't miss that. All right. That's my call call to action. All right, everybody. Enjoy the rest of my conversation with Emily Durgan. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about the decision to go to Flagstaff because mm-hmm. you mentioned you'd never been far away from home. I'm sure that was a hard decision to make. So um, did Stephen pursue you? What did that look like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So kind of like when I had to go through the whole um, um, process, I guess, of, you know, different shoe companies and sponsors and everything, a lot of what I guess not a lot, but a majority of what uh, um, athletes would do after they graduate from college, I was doing, you know, a year later. Mm -hmm. And um, basically, I guess what it comes down to is I loved New Balance and New Balance Boston. I loved everything about my situation there other than you know just financially it was like too hard I couldn't I couldn't do it financially um and yeah so basically that's kind of what it came down to is more of like an opportunity where I could be running and not having to work part-time um and that's kind of where you just talk to different sponsors and it really just depends on what's available, what they're looking for at the time. So Under Armour, um, you know, they were just starting to build this group in Flagstaff. um, And they were really, you know, Rachel Snyder was the first athlete. Um, She's slowly moving up now, but she was like, you know, that mile 5k runner and uh, they were looking for like a longer distance runner, like more of a someone that would represent on the on the roads as well. And that was kind of my biggest, you know, I guess that was what was most attractive about me is like, oh, this girl is interested in road stuff. Like we need, we need a road type athlete. And yeah, so that's kind of how the decision was made to, to come and be a part of Under Armour. And then part of the deal with Under Armour was being in Flagstaff and being committed to starting this group here. So um, when I moved out, it was just, just me and Rachel wow. living and representing. Yeah. So we've come a long way in a short amount of time. It, 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 I guess for some people, it feels like it's taken a long time, but like, I just like sit back and like, say like, no, like it's come together like very fast. Like it's, um, I can't, when this comes out, it'll be all announced, but I can't say it now, yeah. but the big, the big, like official announcement is being made. Um, this Friday. So oh, this be- Friday. 
I'm sure Shayla told you a little bit about it as well. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's, it's been a long time coming, but not, not really. Um, Under Armour has really just, uh, taken so much priority into this, you know, group and in with the, the run category and they've just, they've been working really hard to get this up and coming. So I'm happy that I've kind of seen it through and excited for, the big reveal. (laughs) That is so exciting. Okay. So big announcement coming up. This episode will air after the announcement has been made. Everybody's going to hear about it. Um, talk to me a little bit more about Under Armour specifically though. Um, and what you love about the company. Yeah. So, uh, I was really fortunate to, to go from, um, New Balance Under Armour because they're very similar with their approach to pretty much everything, how they treat athletes, how they, what they represent as a brand, you know, it's very, uh, family. We are Mm. in this together, you know, we're united as one. And that's something that I really liked about New Balance and carrying over to Under Armour. It was very similar. And, um, you know, I, Under Armour is super big about, you know, each individual athlete's story. Um, and I'm sure like, you know, even from when I was in, in high school, it was always Under Armour, like protect this house, like kind of the underdogs type. That was always what, what they said, you know, back then. And they still carry that on as, as well as like through this together and like, you know, we will. And again, just like this, um, th- this team. And I, I love that. And I love being part of something greater. Uh, you know, I think that that's super important and that's what Under Armour stands for. So for me, it's, yeah, that's, that's what it means to be a part of Under Armour. And, um, I truly am part of the UA family. Like, I don't feel, you know, like, oh, I'm just like an athlete for them, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So that's, that's, I think the best part. And they really utilize, uh, us runners, um, especially being new to the run category and um they they use us a lot for product assessment and building the shoes and spikes and uh you know in constant communication about about that and they're the first to kind of uh like you know recognize the fact that they're still learning um and it's open communication which uh not to speak on other brands, but I don't know about any other brand that is really like that. Like, you know, like we have, gosh, sometimes it's like weekly meetings with the innovative team and like the footwear team, like, how does this feel? What do you want different? And uh, that's just been like super fun because like I said, I, I feel like I'm part of something bigger and not just, you know, running their armor gear and shoes. Like I really am helping uh, build the brand and you know, it's it, you're making, making the shoes better. That's really cool. Yeah, it's definitely I can tell that they're making a push in mm-hmm. this sector of athletics, like in running. Yeah. You know, yeah. I just I recently interviewed Aisha Pratt-Lear. And so I'm now seeing a lot more Under Armour athletes that are runners kind of in the yeah. forefront. And it's cool, too, because they seem to use you all as athletes in their advertisements and whatnot as well. Like in pictures. Yeah. Right, right. Yes, because they really I know, actually, we have, we're doing um, because they're launching a whole new spike line. Um, I guess that it'll maybe be like fall of next year. 
Uh, so we're doing, while we're out here, we're doing just a quick shoot with the spikes. You know, we're, I mean, I'm already racing in the spikes. Mm. So, you know, to get content of me running in the spikes to push out to, you know, the the bigger audience is awesome. So they really do use us for everything and and it's great because it's genuine and we actually run in it so yeah. um I I love I just love that about about the brand yeah it's it is true it's funny any in other brands or whatever advertising mm-hmm. when you see just like a model wearing a pair of shoes or outfit or something right. you're like but is that the athlete actually in the gear or are they just modeling the gear it's fine if you're right. just, if you it's fine if you're a model too but it's fun to see yeah oh that's the athlete that's like ripping out those really fast 5ks in those spikes right and that's yeah that's that's what sells and it's genuine so I'm, I'm all for it it's- okay so talk to us when when you knew that you had to go to Flagstaff to be a part of the group um, with Under Armour were you immediately like yes I'm sold Flagstaff or how did you handle that yeah, so another great part of my whole transition and how everything just kind of really works out when it's supposed to is I had been to Flagstaff for the first time um, in 2018, oh, it was the end of 2017, beginning of 2018. So that the New Balance group, they do a winter stint there and they actually now do a spring one as well. So they go out for six weeks in the winter and then six weeks again for the spring. So I had already been to Flagstaff and trained out there and uh, gotten to know people that were living out there. So it wasn't like this scary, like, oh, I had no idea where I was going. Like I was very familiar with it. Um, And then Mark Coogan and Steven are really good friends and I don't know. Everything just really aligned. So it was just a super easy transition um, that way. It was it was hard to leave, uh, obviously, my family and my friends. And, um, you know, I had I was living in Boston. I had an apartment in Boston and I moved mid year. So it was it was tough, you know, the first few months with everything. But um, I had a college girlfriend take over my room in Boston because she got a new job there. It was just nice. Yeah, everything just worked out so smooth that I like knew it was the right decision. Um, so super grateful for that. But yeah, it was it was it was exciting. Um, I was I was ready being from Maine and then going to Yukon, uh, living in Boston, like always within, you know, four hours from home. Um, I was ready for something different and and knew that I wanted to kind of see where I could go and in the distance running. Um, so it, it was the right, it was the right move. Yeah. And everything was pointing in that direction. Oh, here we are. Okay. You mentioned your boyfriend, Preston. Where, when did you guys Mm -hmm. meet and how did you meet? Yeah. So we met when I moved to Arizona. Uh, so we actually, for everyone listening, we met on Bumble, which is a a dating app. So a little Bumble, uh, sponsor in there. Love it. Um, uh yeah so I was I was single when I moved out I had been single since you know graduating college um so I was just kind of new city and uh yeah was on a dating app and we met uh and we had our first date a few I guess it was like it was hard because because he was like living in Phoenix and I was in Flagstaff so it's about like two hours Mm -hmm. apart um so it was hard to plan like our first date uh, with the move and me like 
I was at a race. I remember when we like matched, but anyways, so it was like probably a few weeks later, he like drove up for dinner. Um, and then of course, like the idea of meeting someone, I was like super, I thought I wanted, but then like after the first date, it was like a great first date, but I just wasn't ready to really, I guess, have a boyfriend. Like I was still trying to figure out my new life there. Um, so then our second date wasn't for like a few more months. Like we, oh, wow. he was, in, yeah, he was in flight staff, uh, for like a golf tournament, like a charity event. So we ended up getting dinner after that. It was like this kind of like slow, long process. So, and I think that that, that was great. Cause we kind of got to know each other and we were still doing our own thing. And then, um, it was like, we finally had our third date, like end of May. And that's when it was like, kind of like this, like instant, like change, um, talking about my dating life now, but that's okay. Uh, I want to know. It was, it was funny because, um, I had my, um, it was like, he actually met up with me and my roommate at the time, Ashley Taylor. She moved back to Canada. She's still running for Under Armour, but, um, that's who I moved in with in Flagstaff. And, um, so he, we went out to dinner, the three of us. And I think that that was like what changed it all because I saw him interacting with somebody that I trust and like, uh, was like a good friend of mine and seeing him interact with her was just like, Oh yeah, this is the one. So, uh, that was kind of like the switch. I'm not sure why I didn't trust my own judgment. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I think that that really says something like the way someone, you know, that you care a lot about like connects with someone that you're getting to know. And yeah. So that was kind of, that was it. And so, yeah, it's been um, since May of last year. So a couple months, a year and a few months now. I mean, guess it'll be two years before you know it. I know. Well, at first you were talking, I was like, does she mean May of this year? They're still so new. No, (laughs) no, no, no. So it's been, yeah, I guess, I mean, close. Yeah. A year. I'll be a year, a year and a half, I guess this fall. Shout out to Bumble. Shout out to Mumble. I I should at some point, I'll never do it because it would be way too time consuming. Make note of all, because I always ask the question, like, how did you meet your significant Mm -hmm. other? Because I just think those stories are so fun. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's definitely a handful of people, well, a big handful that have met online, but I know that Bumble specifically, we've had a handful. So um, that's cool. I know. Yeah. I'm happy that people also like say it. Yes. I feel like, um, you know, like. Yeah, I feel like some people, like, whether it's online or something, like, they, they don't want to, like, say. Yeah. But I think it's changing now, and it's more, it's, like, more common. Because, of course, my mom and dad are, like, high school sweethearts. They've never yeah. been with anyone but each other, which is awesome. But, like, when I, like, told my mom about, like, she just, it was just taboo. She just didn't <laughs> understand. She's like, how do you know that this person is, like, good? And I was like, well, I guess you don't. But yeah. <laughs> how did you know dad was good? I don't know. Like, yeah, I it's mean, the it's, same thing. I think as time goes on, it's more and more just mm-hmm. like super normal to do it. I mean, even I think five, 10 years ago, it was more um, a, tri- a more trivial thing to do. And now it's just like, oh, yeah, we met online. And Bumble's the yeah. one where it's just the female has to like swipe, right? Uh, yeah, well, uh, the female has to start the conversation. Oh, start the conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I yeah, so bo- both parties are like swiping but then um yeah the I guess the whole original I'm not sure if it's changed now but originally it was it was the the girl makes the first move okay um 
yeah, at least that's what it was like when I was on there. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Okay. So talk to us about being coached by Shayla. Yeah. So it has been awesome. So she came in fall of 2019. Um, so when I first moved out to Flagstaff, it, it was just Steven out here. Um, so he was dual, you know, had his athletes for total sports and then he was also coaching and trying to build this group so it was it was a lot and he was gone um or he is gone you know traveling to meets and all that as well so um we all agreed with Under Armour that we needed a like a full-time coach in Flagstaff um so when I heard that Shayla was coming to Flagstaff I was like so excited so I yeah because of course I I knew of her um, and her background and everything. So, um, yeah, I was like super excited, one, for it to be Shayla, but also to have uh, like a female, like a strong female uh, leader that I think we, we needed um, there. And so that was, yeah, both both things together with her coaching techniques and how she kind of handles herself and presents herself was awesome. Um, so it's been really, really good and, and still super new with, with building this group. So I'm just excited to kind of see it through and it continue to flourish. And, um, it's still been, you know, just not even a year yet. So I still think that everyone's just trying to get, you know, kind of, get everything in place for, and then of course the pandemic happened. So it's been tough. And I, I give her so much credit because it just, it hasn't been like the super easiest transition to like a professional, you know, coaching because everything that it's just been so many unknowns, you know, so Mm -hmm. I'm really excited for, um, for what's to come and, you know, being out here and getting to race these races, like it's starting to feel more, like a team and real and um, getting to see her in her element and coaching more is, you know, that coaching side of things is, has been awesome. So I'm excited for that to continue to, to flourish and kind of see it all through. Yeah. I mean, everything was just totally thrown off in 2020 mm-hmm. way to start yeah. something new in 2020. <laughs> it's like, well, hold on a second. Wait a minute. Um, yeah, it sounds like you've had some really phenomenal male coaches though, throughout your career. Mm -hmm. What do you see as the big differences between a male and a female coach so far in your experience? Yeah. So I, I've had some great male coaches. Um, and like to this day still like was just messaging with coach Clark, JJ Clark, like, you know, at least I'd say once or twice a month, like we still stay and in really good touch. And I've always trusted in male coaches and, um, you know, my dad is, and I are very close and I tell him like a lot of things, like I'm very comfortable. To, I've always been comfortable talking to my dad about everything, but, uh, yeah, the biggest thing between, you know, the male and female is, I think that there's a lot of other things like, um, you know, just like, you know, going through like your cycle and like, even we've talked about certain things like birth control and, um, and not to say that obviously males have emotions and all that, but it's just kind of, um, you know, like just like different things that even if they understand and can talk about, they, they, they don't really, they haven't experienced. So 
just things like that, you know, like we can being able to relate, especially with running, it's so important to kind of be in tune with your body and being a female, there's just so much that goes on with your body that really affects how you feel day to day in race to race that having another female, um, you know, that has gone through that all, you know, she was a professional runner. She still is a runner. Um, that's been the biggest, biggest blessing being able to talk to her and kind of ask her like what she did, you know, what did you do when you were about to start your cycle and, you know, you felt this way, like, so there's, there, there is a science behind it. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that's definitely the biggest, the biggest thing. Um, yeah, but I've, I've never had any issues. Um, well, I guess maybe in general, it's kind of harder to talk to males about some of that stuff, even though they're every male coach I've had is willing to like, listen and they'll hear, but to have, you know, someone that actually has gone through it, it uh, makes it a little more comfortable, I think. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's crazy. I, I keep meaning to read the book by state Dr. Stacy Sims. Mm-hmm. And it's all about like fueling based on where you at are, where you are in your cycle, like what yeah. you eat and mm-hmm. everything. Have you ever read that book? No, I haven't. I, I have heard of it. Yeah. I want to say that Shayla probably recommended that she had. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but, because it is wild, the difference. I mean, a week mm-hmm. before your period, your period, and then you, and then you're like, at least for me, I'm like flying high for two weeks, <laughs> you know, yeah. once you have it. And then you're like, what's wrong with me? And, and you, it's, even though we've been doing this for years, still every month, I'm like, yeah, why am I a monster right now? Why do I feel right. so bloated? And it's like, oh, because you're a week in a week, you're going to start your period. That's why. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And then on top of that, you know, imagine that week and then you're lining up for like the biggest race of the year. You can't pick when, you know, things like that happen. But like you said, there's things you can do leading up to it that can help, you know, you feel that much better. Um, So it's kind of, yeah, that once you're at this level, everything like that really matters. And you need to feel comfortable talking about that, that type of thing. Yeah. That's huge for sure. Okay, Emily. So what are your big, big, hairy, audacious goals? Like what are your big dreams for the sport? Yeah. Well, I think every, I mean, I can't speak on everyone, but you know, obviously like we're all, we're all Olympic hopeful. We're all training, you know, there's, there's a, it's not a big pool actually. I I wouldn't say there's a big pool of athletes, but it's not, it's, it's, you know, when you look at every sport in the country, um, you know, of football players, basketball players, baseball players, golfers, uh, the elite running or Olympic hopeful, it, it's small, um, and, you know, and we're all kind of training for, for that. So, um, relatively small, you know, there's, there's a good amount of people that will qualify for the trials and try to make it. And obviously only three go, but you know, um, yeah, it's, it, you, you gotta kind of have that goal in mind and, um, just try to get on that stage and get to the highest level and truly believe that you belong at that level, uh, is the biggest thing. So that for me is my biggest goal and just continuing to believe it. And, um, there's certain races where, yes, I get a little intimidated when I'm lining up next to someone that has a PR of, you know, 40 seconds faster than me, but, uh, yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't matter. And you just have to continue to believe it. And so that's definitely my my biggest goal is, is to make, um, a U.S. team. Yeah. How, how are you training your mind right now? Because your, your career is at its infancy. 
And you mentioned like mm-hmm. feeling a little bit intimidated when you're towing the line with some of these ladies who have probably been doing this for a really long time um, and have these big, crazy yeah. PR, like really strong times. How are you mm-hmm. speaking mm-hmm. that truth of yourself that you belong? Yeah. So actually Shayla and I, after the race on Saturday, we went to brunch on Sunday and that's something we were talking about. And, um, I'm, I'm still learning how to do that and how to like remind myself. And it it can be as simple as something like, you know, writing it down and sticking it on, you know, my mirror and reading it to myself every single day. Um, yeah. So I think that I used to do a few of those things in college. I kind of, when I hit like a low point and, um, just everything competing and everything I I kind of had to remind myself of things and I really the sticky note method worked for me so um it had been so long since I I raced I hadn't I hadn't really been Mm. training my mind during quarantine as much as as my body and I'm not sure if other people maybe they had the opposite and they use the time during quarantine to be better about that but I I think I not I think I know I definitely let that kind of slack a little bit because in a way I was almost just going through the motions. Like, uh, I stayed super fit, you know, all my work have been great. Like I'm, I'm healthy. Um, but yeah, I, I think I kind of might've let my mind go a bit. So, um, that's something that, yeah, I'm excited to work on this next coming few months into the fall. And, um, yeah. And so to answer your question, I'm, I'm, I don't really know. I'm taking, I'm taking notes. So if you have any uh, tips, let me know. Or if you know of anyone that has good ways, like, cause like you said, I'm really new to this. And that's something that I think I am lacking as, as a professional athlete right now. Isn't it so exciting though, because you're still so young and there's so much ahead of you. Like you can look at the career of someone like a Steph Bruce and just see like, wow, Mm -hmm. I have, so many years left to to play this game like to to see what I'm capable of right right and she's a great one to follow on social media because she's someone that you can see maybe at my age didn't have the mentality that she has now um and you know and she's very open about that and kind of explains how she has changed her mind to think like oh I can run uh you know a fast mile and a fast 5k and it's really she really is awesome to to look up to because I you know I can see myself in her and how maybe at my age she was intimidated lining up to girls you know that had the PR she has now so yeah uh, it's inspiring to to have ladies like her a hundred percent that's so cool um okay lastly before end of podcast Mm -hmm. You debuted the half in 72.52, and now you've since ran a 71.45. We -hmm. talked about how long-term your heart might be in those longer distances. Mm -hmm. So will we see a marathon debut out of you in the coming years? What will that look like as far as your plans are right now? Yeah, so I'm definitely on like a long-term plan. So we'll see what happens in 2021. And then, you know, really um, just where I'm at in my career, kind of marathon-wise, focusing on 2024. So somewhere between 2021 and 2024 is where I'll run that marathon. Um, But yeah, I would love, love to at least, you know, hopefully as long as training goes to plan and we think it's, good idea like 
physically wise to, to run a marathon. I I'm thinking in the next, yeah, I would say year to year and a half. Um, and definitely, definitely it's funny, even with the half marathon, the, those two times where I think I ran those like two weeks apart and that was just, again, my first time running it. It's just, I had no idea what I was doing and I came back and like, and I came back and I was like, it's just funny. Cause you know, in practice, like, you know, like to a certain extent, like what you're going to run, like how fit you are. Mm-hmm. And that, that first one, I was just so far off it. And I, I honestly couldn't even tell you what happened. I just think it was the first one and I didn't really, I just had to do it. And it was, it was challenging. And, but I loved the distance. I just, I don't know, maybe I just, again, was, didn't trust myself. So came back a couple weeks later and um, yeah, it ran more what I, I thought I was going so wow. I'm excited to race a few more halves. Yeah. A whole minute in two <laughs> weeks. That's crazy. Yeah. Were the courses yeah, different? That's why... Not, no, not really. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was Houston. It was Houston. Um, but Houston was really fast that year. People ran great. Um, yeah. Houston and then Mesa. Um, and I don't know, you people listen to this, if they can get like the elevation and all that, if they get like super, nitty gritty I don't think it was really that much different um I think it was pretty even uh but yeah it goes to show that it really that's something that I'm still learning as a professional athlete is just to kind of yeah the the mental side of things Mm -hmm. I bet that was a big confidence booster though to turn around and run it so fast yeah yeah it 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 really was and that kind of and that I mean that's kind of what with all the workouts I was doing, it's kind of the shape that I, I knew I was in. Um, it just took, you know, another, another time to run it. And that's why even having this 5k and 10k kind of back to back, I'm, I'm happy that we get two chances to race because yeah, I just think that the 10k I'll be, I got the first one out of the way and, uh, it's hard because I guess that first half it's, it's also a little bit a lot of it different than college because in college you're racing so much, you know, you have a cross country meet every week, you have a track meet every week where, uh, in, you know, the pro world, that's not how it works. You might only race four times an entire year. So you really got to like be on your A game for those races. And, um, it's a learning, it's definitely a learning experience. So still learning. Yeah. Was it so exciting to, um, see, you know, just like the marathon trials this year, knowing that like, that's what you want to do in the future? Oh yeah. Especially, you know, being close to Molly and training with her in Boston. And now she's actually in Flagstaff right now. She comes out to flag quite a bit. And, um, yeah. So even leading up, actually one of her key both of our key workouts, she was super encouraging. She was the one that was telling me to, cause she ran the half at Houston with me and, and she knew I was disappointed. So she was the one that was telling me to go run Mesa and, and she was gonna, it was like really close to her trials. And uh-huh. she had like said that she was going to come pace me and help me. And like, Aww. I got, <laughs> I actually got, I got one of the guys from flags up Craig, um, to pace. He came and paced me. Cause I was like, I'm not gonna, and then watching her, you know, you make the team was just super oh, amazing. And you know, to, to know that, Hey, you know, in in a few years, that's what I get to try to do. And yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's exciting for sure. That's so cool. 
Um, okay, Emily, what's something professionally or personally that you'd like to do that you haven't done yet? Professionally or personally? Well, um, back to talking about my little lifestyle and training coaching, I definitely want to dive deeper into that. I loved doing that this past year. So in, I've like talked about it with Preston, like opening my own gym someday, that's kind of like an all around, um, you know, like health wellness, um, not super like gym type, like heavy lifting, but very just like body weights and, um, you know, even maybe having some type of like hit type running workouts. Yeah. So I'd love, love to do something like that someday. Um, not specifically with runners, um, more just kind of like general population for sure. I, I write workouts for my mom already. And, oh, I love <laughs> and give it. Her, oh yeah. I have like ankle weight and like band routines and all that, that I, that I give her every time I go home and That's kettlebell great. stuff. So yeah. Yeah. So that's always, I've, I've just, I, I love that. Um, so that's definitely a big goal of mine. And of course, um, you know, uh, get married and, and start a family personally is, is, is a huge goal of mine. So that's uh, hopefully in the near future. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And I love, and I love that that's being talked about now too, just with professional runners, like talking mm-hmm. about having families and things like that. And again, there's where we can look up to people like Steph Bruce who are, you know, decided to go do that and go that route and they're making it work. Yeah, exactly. It's, I mean, yes, so many, so many mom, mom athletes out there. It's, it's amazing. I love it. Um, what is an accomplishment you're most proud of? Uh, accomplishment that I'm most proud of is definitely my getting my professional contract. Um, I think that that's something that, yeah, that's a, it's a, it's a big deal and it, it's not easy. And, um, to be able to say that I'm a professional athlete, like I take a lot of pride in that. Um, and I, you know, there's a lot of things that we do that kind of go unnoticed. Like we take care of our bodies and to perform at the highest level, like it's, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. So seriously, I think that that's an accomplishment in itself is to getting, getting to this level and yeah, believing in myself. That's so awesome. Uh, what is the best, most recent book you've read? It's on my nightstand right now. I'm not sure if you heard of it. It's called Untamed. Oh yeah. I read it. (laughs) Okay. I listened to it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really good. Um, Oh, can you still see me? Yeah, um, I can see huh? you're frozen, but you're I can here. I can hear you. Oh, okay. It, my mom's. I'm getting a FaceTime call. My mom's FaceTiming me. That's funny. <laughs> Anyways, she uh, wants an ankle like, weight workout. I know. She heard me. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Um, actually, Preston got that for me. Um, as like a book to read while I'm away. So, um, yeah, that's what I, that's what I'm reading right now. Uh, and so far, so that's the most recent book and it's, it's great. I don't know if you liked it, but everywhere you read, it's everyone says it's great. (laughs) I know all of her books. I'm always like, is everybody just saying they're good because she's Glennon or are they really good? And then I read it or listen to it on audio and I'm like, dang, she is such a good writer. She really is. She really is. Yeah. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm reading right now. Anyone listening, definitely worth 
going to get. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's, it's so, and it's so easy. Like I was saying the other night, it's just so easy to pick up and put down because you don't have to. Yeah. yeah it's chapters. Just, it, that's kind of, uh, I, that's, I just love books like that. Mm-hmm. It's easier for me to, yeah. Cause sometimes I don't have, or I can't sit for uh, like 70 minutes, but I have like 10 minutes here and there. I like to to pick it up and put it down. Mm-hmm. I love books with the quick chapters. I'm like, oh, this is like four pages. I can just get through the next chapter and then I can move on to something else and just yes. get little quick hits in. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, Are you binging any shows right now? Oh, well, I already finished Selling Sunset. Oh, Netflix. yeah. Yeah, we all watched it. Um, yeah, so I'm rewatching season one because it's really fun because we're right here right now, like where all the homes oh, are. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah so yesterday we like drove around and like did you find any of them no 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 we got but tomorrow we're going down further into like the beverly hills area because we're gonna run down near like the hollywood sign because i've actually never been and i haven't really been to la so yeah um that that's where like the office and everything is so i I think shayla shayla loves it too so we're gonna go like scope out some of them gonna go like (laughs) knock on the windows um i saw i think it was chrissy teigen tweeted like i've looked at la real estate for a long time and i've never heard of any of these people and then there was like all these comments like about oh they're not actually like the heaviest hitters on the market or something (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So Preston actually, um, he just got into real estate this year and he got his license this winter and, um, he's doing the whole real estate thing. So, oh, he gets so heated on the show because he's like, he, he, it's, it's, it's entertaining, you know, it's not the real estate. Okay. So essentially what she was saying is it's fake. It's not real, Uh but I don't care. Like it's entertaining. Uh I don't know what it is, but it's so funny because I'll be watching it or like, yeah. Oh, this he's like I can't, I can't watch this because <laughs> oh, he's so just funny. so much more into like the business side of uh-huh. things. Like he, he like hears them talk, like you know, talk about the home to like a potential buyer, and he's like, oh, "Are you kidding me?" But it's entertaining. So, well, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's like. Real. Yeah, it's like my mom's a nurse in any of the like shows with like you know doctors, yeah. like ERs and stuff. She worked in the ER for twenty years. She's like. I can't even watch those shows because they're so unrealistic. I'm like, well, it's TV, okay? <laughs> right, right. So whether it's real or not, I don't really care. I love it. I find it entertaining. I think the houses are cool. And if I want to pretend like I can someday live in those, I yeah, will. Sure. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, I found myself Googling how old all the realtors are on Selling Sunset because I was like, man, their lifestyles are just so different than mine here in good old Indiana and I'm like I bet I'm the same yeah. age as most of them and I think I think the average age is between like 30 and like early 40s or something like yep. that and I'm 36 yep. so I'm like oh I'm right there with them okay all right here we are yeah yep. they yep. just have a pretty strong Botox regimen I'd assume oh yeah hey yep. <laughs> if, if you can afford it why not right no hate on them they no don't. no no um, okay. Who's someone fun, motivating or inspiring you'd like to have coffee, tea or cocktail with? Um, well, back to my mom and all this fitness stuff. It's kind of weird. Cause when you first asked that question, like the first person, I hope you know who she is. I think of is Denise Austin. Oh my gosh. Um, yes. So, <laughs> so good. I'm not sure if you, do you know who Denise? Okay. Yeah. She's like um, an old anyways, uh, workout lady. Yeah. From like the eighties. She's like the, well, she's like the OG. Yeah. Um, she's actually not even, I, I don't, yeah. Anyways, but that's who I, how, who I grew up with because my mom, 
I mean, my mom still has her like old like tapes and we have like, and she still uses them like mo- a lot of them. But anyways, like for a while there, she had her mo- every morning on TV, she would be on TV doing her, her workout routine. So I honestly, I don't even, I was little, I probably was like, bef- I don't even know three four and I I remember like when my mom would do it like I'd bring my stuff into like her room and like pretend like I was doing it too and um yeah and I like followed her like all the way up until now and I love that yeah when I was like younger like all through like yeah high school and even in college like everyone would always like I would lead like the core routine because I just liked talking people through like stuff and I don't know I so good I still do it. So it's funny. Yeah. She's 63. She's like, yeah, she I just looked like her up. 63? Yeah. Okay. She seems like someone fun to me. I don't know. She always made well, fun and it was like a lifestyle and yeah. So. Well, when you, like, when you start cool. your podcast one day, she can be your I, first interview. Mm-hmm. Right. I know. That'd be awesome. Yeah. yeah. Get her, wow. put her on your dream list. Put her on there. um maybe I'll pitch her since you probably won't start a podcast for a long time and I'll have you co-host with me okay that'd be great oh yeah I'm sure she seems like someone that would like get back to people pretty quick yeah I bet she'd do it she's someone yeah (laughs) yeah so good okay um are we at the last question we are what is your one message to send to the world my one message to send to the world would probably be something about I was talking to a few of my girlfriends about this a few weeks ago just like being positive you know trying to take everything and and turn it into a positive you know um I don't know I've like talked about this too like I I I I hate to ever be like a fair weather athlete or a fair weather person you know like I think that it's so important like even like when you perform bad not to not to like dwell on it or look at the bad side of things or even the whole like quarantine thing, like being able to like stay motivated through and continue to train and kind of, yeah, turn it into a positive. I think that that's my you know, thing I'd want to put out into the universe. Um, Cause you can always take something good out of a bad, I guess, or not even a bad, you can, out of any situation, there's always a positive. I love it. Well, this was yeah. super fun. Thank you so much for doing it. Thanks. Yeah, it's great chatting with you. Um, good luck in the 10K. I'm excited to see what you do. Are you guys streaming that anywhere? Yeah, well, uh, FlowTrack actually, um, they oh, yeah. have this meet. So FlowTrack will be streaming it, but the Sound Running Instagram, um, Will Lear is like doing the takeover. So he's been updating it and everything. So it's a... Uh, a good thing to also follow if you're just on Instagram. Sound running. Yeah. I need to just subscribe to FlowTrack. Why do I not subscribe to FlowTrack? That's so dumb of me. It can't be know, that much money. Like, yeah. it's, what is yeah, it? Well, it's like 10 bucks a month probably. Yeah. I don't, I honestly don't know. My dad's had it forever. So yeah. that's how I use it. Now that, now that they're putting on races, be something good to, to get. Yeah. And interview prep. So many times I'm like looking at people's, you know, mm-hmm. posters, interviews to get like a feel for their personality before I interview them. And so many videos you right, have to subscribe right. to unlock. Right. All right. Subscribing today. Doing it. Um, yes. There you go. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, have fun in L.A. And um, I look forward to hearing about if you find some of these cool Thank houses. You. Yes, I will take some pictures. of it. Oh, oh, one 
one side note. Yeah, yesterday. Um, so we're right in Brentwood. So that's like where the OJ Simpson, oh, like yeah. murder, all that happened. Um, so we like <laughs> drove by like both the ex-wife's like condo and like his house that like apparently had been like turned on. Anyway, so that's what we've been doing, like staying off our feet, but still doing uh-huh. things, driving and looking at all these like <laughs> historical murder homes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's yeah. so good. You're checking all those boxes yeah. while you're in LA. I love it. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, Emily. Well, have a good rest of your day. Thank you. Bye. You too. Bye. All right, friends. Thank you so much for listening today. You can find Emily on social media. She is EM underscore Durgin, D-U-R-G-I-N. You can also find their group, dark underscore sky underscore distance over on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram. I'm lindsayhine626. I'm on Twitter, at lindsayhine, and Facebook. Find us over there. We have a great group over there. I would love to get to know you over there. Don't forget to check out Gooder. Yay! New sponsor. Super excited about it. Go to gooder.com slash another, and you will automatically get 15% off your entire order. And then, of course, Prevenex, Prevenex.com. Use the code ANOTHER for 15% off your order there as well. If you are looking for more content from me, I do have a Patreon page where I post additional episodes over there. And I very much appreciate your support. Um, Go to Patreon.com slash Lindsay Hine to learn more. All right, friends. Thank you for being here. I appreciate each and every one of you and have a great Friday. Have a wonderful rest of your weekend. And as always, I will see you next Friday.